Well, good morning. Uh, my name is Corey Steiner. I'm the superintendent at Northern Cass, and welcome to another version of the Jaguar podcast. Today, we've got new teachers to our building at the secondary level, and so I'm going to have you guys go around and introduce yourself, tell us what you teach, and then give us a, a quick answer to why did you want to become a teacher? So, Ben, we will start with you on that question. Awesome. Uh, I'm Ben Hanish. I teach middle school social studies, so six, seven, and eight. And I became a teacher, I guess I've always known that I wanted to be a teacher. I actually wrote in my first grade book that by the time I was 18, I was going to be a teacher. <laughs> uh, my dad's a teacher, my sister's a teacher, mom was a teacher. I'm, I'm just from a family teacher, so it's all, just always been naturally for me. i just always known that I wanted to do it. All right, very good. Sam, how about you? Go ahead. Uh, Sam Johnson, I teach middle school, high school, mathematics. Uh, mostly middle school for right now, but I'm looking to maybe get into some more high school level classes. Um, I got into teaching, um, I've kind of always enjoyed being a leader around little ones, whether it was coaching at a basketball camp in high school for elementary kids or um, anything, and so I thought teaching would be good. I get to be around kids all day, and that's really what I've loved about it so far. Good. 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 Uh, I'm Kaylee Johnson, I'm the 7 through 12 art teacher. Um, I guess why I went into teaching, I guess I always really knew I wanted to be a teacher also. I didn't quite figure out I wanted to be an art teacher till um, my junior and senior year of high school where I got to take my own art classes. Um, but yeah, then it kind of led into going to VCSU and studying art education and I just love kind of spreading art to young people too and letting them be creative. All right, that's great. I, I appreciate all of your guys' honesty and, and why you got into teaching. It's, it's a very different story for a lot of people and it is one of the questions as I'll remember ask in the interview because it's really important I want to know that story because I think it's important for our learners to understand that so Ben I'm gonna start with you and you're gonna think back because you've been in this gig for a few years is tell me what's something you didn't know that when you came out of college you might not have been prepared for like whoa that was something I wasn't ready for so Ben you want to start first then Kaylee and then Sam well what, what, what didn't you know from college sure so I guess the main thing that I feel like I wish I learned more of, I guess, was classroom management. And really, they don't prepare you for what you're going to hear, what the learners will just randomly say to you, and really how to deal with that. Um, I had an instance, like just the other day, where one of the learners said something that probably shouldn't have been said, that I would have never thought that they would have even <laughs> thought about saying in a class. And so it just kind of takes you back, and you have to just really think about different ways to manage your classroom. and. Um, how to minimize the amount of times that those surprises happen. They're always going to happen, but just how to minimize those things. That's something that I wish I'd have learned a little bit more about in college. Yeah, my, my shock level is quite high now. Not much gets to me anymore, but you're absolutely right. Is You're kind of amazed at what learners will say around us. So how about you, Kaylee? What's one thing you wish you'd have learned in college or been better prepared for? Um, well, I guess I'm a first-year teacher, so there's a lot that I'm finding mm -hmm. that I wish I would have been more prepared for, but... One of those things that kind of stands out is grading, especially in an art class. Art is very subjective, so, um, and just figuring out, like, the grading systems a little bit better before going into your first year, like power school and the in odds and ends of all that kind of stuff. Very good. Thank you. How about from your perspective, Sam? Uh, coming from a math perspective, um, also being a first-year teacher, I think one thing um, I wish I would have learned more of it's just ways to use technology in a math classroom. Um, we are fortunate enough to be a one-to-one -one school, and we need to be able to take advantage of that as much as we can because 
they like to be on their Chromebooks. I mean, they absolutely love it. And so being able to bring in some techniques about how those learners can continue their education with that Chromebook and that screen time, I think is really important and super effective. Um, I just didn't get a ton of ways or a ton of techniques um, in college or um, in high school, kind of when I thought this would be my gig, um, that I can bring in now. So I'm really trying to reach out for more resources in order to do that in a, in a math classroom. Yeah, and this is by no means a question to bash higher ed, but it really is just that idea of how can we better prepare people for the reality that is teaching now. I remember if I could go back to it, it would have been like, I thought I got summers off. And, and <laughs> you don't. The great teachers really don't. And it doesn't mean you're working 100 hours in the summer, but there's always a way to get better at this craft. And, and it's not, I don't know that you can ever get prepared for that until you get into it. So certainly not a bash on higher ed. So Kaylee, I'm gonna put you on the spot for the next question. And I want you to tell us like why Northern Cass or what do you like about Northern Cass so far nine weeks into this gig? Um, I guess I love the small small family atmosphere. Um, being a first year teacher, I've, I feel like I've been getting a lot of support without even having to like ask people. Um, I get a lot of people just popping into my room, just checking on me, asking if they can help me with anything. Um, and I'm from a very small community, so I really like that small um, family feel here at Northern Cass. Okay, good, very good. Sam, how about from your perspective? Honestly, the first thing that popped into my head too was the word family. Um, I remember that from talking in the interview, and I'll never forget that. Um, so it's kind of the same thing as Kaylee, just having that family uh, throughout all of our staff, whether it's custodians, bus drivers, paras, everybody. Um, this feels like home. and being able to come to quote-unquote work every day and feel like you're at home is really important to me. And I felt that here. Um, I love it, and I don't see myself going anywhere. I like to hear that, especially. <laughs> How about for you, Ben? Uh, for me, when I was you know, looking for another job, looking to see what school would fit for me, I was really impressed with the innovative education aspect um, of this school. We always seem to put the learners first, and that's not like that everywhere um, that I've learned. And so coming here and knowing that everything that we're doing, you know, even though there's changes happening, it's all because we want to make sure that the learners are successful and that they get the education that they need, not necessarily what has been taught in the past. So it's really great to see a school that is moving towards and forward in that direction and coming from other schools. That's something that I really wanted to look for in my next one. Okay, great. Sam, go ahead. And then one thing I just wanted to add too is I think we have such a big strength here, um, which is, I was also told in the interview of the vision of where our district is going, and that kind of hits on that innovative education that Ben talked about, but the staff, everybody, um, has this vision of this personalized learning, which you can have a vision of totally different things in different schools, and that's kind of what, um, what I've learned is that this is different, that we all do have that same vision, and we all are all, all working to get to that vision at the very end. Yeah, I mean, we, we do pride ourselves in our why and, and going after that. And so personalized learning is who we are and, and who we're going to become too. So I appreciate that. And so Ben, uh, talk a little bit because you've got a different approach in your class uh, with project-based learning. Talk a little bit about what it looks like in your classroom or maybe one of your favorite projects that you've done, whether it's here or, or anywhere during your career. Sure. Well, if you walk by my classroom, it pretty much looks like a mess and a disaster at all points in time. I just clean it up. I always have to give the Christmas presents to our custodial staff, and I feel bad for them. Um, but I guess one of my favorite projects that I've ever done, I worked with 
a group of seventh graders who were talking about refugees and the difference between refugees and immigrants and the whole debate that was going on over the last couple of years on whether or not we should even allow them to come to our states, if we should be accepting um, of all that. And so the way that project-based learning works is you give them a driving question and they kind of just go at their own um, in their own direction, I guess. And so I had this class as a study skills class too, and so the driving question that they had is how can we as seventh graders educate uh, our community on why refugees are refugees, I guess. And so I assumed that they were all just going to create websites because that's what we had just learned. Instead, they decided that they wanted to hold a fundraiser, and the fundraiser was a clothing and uh, toiletry drive. And in order to get the word out, they did create a website. They also contacted the newspapers from both Fargo and Wapaton. They were on the radio in Fargo and Wapaton. Uh, they created flyers that they put up in all their local churches and businesses just to have an educational aspect and what they could do to help. And we got Lutheran Social Services involved as well, just so that they could come and give a perspective on what they see all the time. And then we donated everything to Lutheran Social Services. And so they came out uh, first with one pickup truck and realized very quickly that there were going to be about five or six. Um, I taught in a library, and my library was completely filled with boxes and garbage bags filled with clothes. And so that just kind of, it showed that class specifically never thought that they could affect anything. Um, how big of an impact they can have. And that's what project-based learning is. It's creating different questions to tie in social studies, but also creating authentic learning so that they can see um, not only what history is, but how that affects today and what they can really do. Yeah, and I hope that you know as we get further into our journey at Northern Cats, people start to understand project-based learning is an avenue to personalized learning. Uh, it is messy but it's learning, and that's ultimately the most important part. So I, I really appreciate that. Kaylee, you are a gifted artist. Uh, it was something we noticed right away when we started looking at some of the work that, that you've done. Can you talk about maybe like what's one of the favorite things that you've created, and then how do you how do you do that? My mind doesn't work that way. So how, how, how do you create some of the things or see some of the things? I was in your class today, and it was a simple thing that – I would have never seen, and you're like, oh, you just need to make this a little closer. And I was like, oh, yeah, that, that's fantastic. So talk about, like, one of your favorite pieces. Um, I guess some of the favorite work I've made was my senior exhibition to graduate from VCSU. I did a series of watercolor paintings. I guess watercolor um, is one of my favorite mediums to work in in art. Um, so, yeah, it was a series of watercolor paintings of rural scenes that I took photographs of from around North Dakota and Minnesota, just rural landscapes, pastoral scenery, and then referenced those photographs and turned them into watercolor paintings. Um, and my idea behind it was um, creating something beautiful out of something that we see every day that we might just pass by and not really notice a lot, but it's really beautiful North Dakota and Minnesota scenery. Um, so yeah, I guess the way I create those um, I didn't have a lot of watercolor classes, I guess, throughout high school and college art classes, but um, it just kind of came natural to me, I guess. It's kind of hard to describe how you do something. Um, so that's been something I've actually been trying to work on in my art classes that I'm teaching, is trying to break down those steps so I can vocalize how to do something to the learners. Um, but yeah, I guess watercolor paintings is one of the 
my favorite projects I've worked on. Excellent. So tell us your website. Um, if you want to see my work, you can go to kayleejohnsonart.wixsite.com backslash kayleejohnson. Okay. And we can put that on our website also. Uh, yeah, I, I, and I told you that the first time I saw it, I was like, I thought they were pictures. I didn't realize they were paintings. I, and they probably were better than the pictures. So really quite phenomenal. So, uh, Sam, from your side, I'm a big believer, and I tell people it all the time. I don't think leaders are born. I think they're made. I think they make a conscious choice to do that. What are some one or two experiences that you've had that told you, like, I can be a leader? Some of the things maybe in your life that you've done that have made you demonstrate your leadership skills? Well, I think the first thing, um, which is one of my passion areas, is just sports. Um, I started in high school. We had a really good team my junior year uh, in high school, and then we kind of, we knew we were losing a lot of people going into my senior year. And so being a guy that played a lot that year before, it was kind of important to me to bring up those younger guys in order to have a successful season. And sports is the first thing that really, um, kind of opened my eyes to how big of a leader you can be um, in high school and then also being captain at UJ kind of solidified that but it was kind of my calling in those situations to be that leader to be that person that your teammates can look into um, and now being nine weeks in as a first year educator um, it's kind of hard to explain the impact that some of the kids show to you as an educator like what they really mean to you and it could just be like they're always coming up to you to say hi a lot of people don't really think about that, but I have just because I've been in that leadership role before. And to me, that's just another way of them saying thank you for who you are. And I think that's what a real, a real leader truly means, like thank you for who you are and uh, keep doing what you're doing because it's making an impact. And other people see that and uh, hopefully can take on some leadership roles themselves. Yeah, I think that's a great way to put it. Uh, leadership is not necessarily the guy you see on TV playing football on a Sunday or the President of the United States or Governor. It is about the people that are really on the ground level. And, and, and I've said it to people before when I ask them, how do you demonstrate leadership? Well, I'm not a leader. You are. If you're a teacher, you're a leader, whether you want it or not, because you are leading young people. So the last last question I'll ask for you guys is something that just kind of popped in my mind. I don't know that I've ever asked anyone, but I want you to tell me where you grew up at. And what's cool about where you grew up? I, if I've never been there, tell me why I should go visit your hometown. And maybe I'll get up more off to a bird walk and ask more questions. But I just thought that was interesting because you guys have all come from different places. So, Ben, we're going to start with you. Where did you grow up and why should I go there? Sure. I, I grew up in Fargo, so that's, <laughs> it's really hard to get there from here. Um, <laughs> so I guess for me, I love Fargo. I love the area. That's why I want to stay around here just because it's, I like the bigger city aspect of it where there's things that you can do. You can go to you know, the mall, I can bring my daughter there, she can walk around there, like burn off energy and hopefully take a nap. Uh, you know, go to movies, there's always things like really cool art shows or they have different activities throughout uh, Fargo, but it's also a small town feel. So you still see the North Dakota nice there. It may not be on the interstate at 7, 3 in the morning, it's all nice there, but uh, that's what I really liked about it. It doesn't seem overwhelming. You hear about a lot of the bigger cities that are having a lot of the issues, you know, violence and all of that. It, you just don't see that very much in Fargo, which is why uh, I guess you should go there. Yeah. You know? I've never been there before. <laughs> Perfect. Sam, how about you? I grew up in a small town in Mora, Minnesota. Uh, it's about 3,500 people. And you should go to Mora because we have the largest wintertime ski race in the United States of America. It's called the Vassalopit Ski Race. Uh, Mora, Minnesota is a sister town to Mora, Sweden. And so they're here, I think it's 
Birkenstein or something ski race in Sweden. I don't know the exact name. And so we adopted that from Sweden, some tourist sister town, and we have the Vassalope in Northern Minnesota. Very cool. Very cool. How about you, Kaylee? I grew up in Dolan, North Dakota. Um, so that's a really small town north of Fargo, in between like Devil's Lake and Grand Forks. Um, it has about 17 people in it right now. <laughs> um, a reason you should go visit Dolan. Um, there's not a lot going on in Dolan. <laughs> there's about it's made up of like six blocks, city blocks. Um, if you want to go and just get away from civilization, <laughs> you can go up to Darwin. <laughs> yeah, I, I do get a kick out of it because, you know, Sam said, well, I have a, so a small town of 3,500 people and 17, yeah. I grew up with 200. Uh, yeah, Minnesota and North Dakota have a little different visions <laughs> of small towns. Yes, they do. That's okay. I've yes, they do. Yes, they do. <laughs> uh, um, well, first of all, let me say thank you, one, for taking the time to do this because we're all busy and you're very busy. Uh, but I also want to say thank you for choosing Northern Cass. Uh, this place is only as good as every person that we bring into the organization. Uh, lots of people want to come here and we were excited to have all of you because you brought something and you came here willing to share it with us and not just wait. You've been leaders when you've walked into the building, you've done it with your kids. And so from my perspective, I feel like we, we knocked it out of the park when we hired you guys. And I feel like I, I've gotten to be a better person and a better administrator just because I've been able to be around you guys. So I want to thank you for that and wish you a great day. Thank you.